Welcome to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and listening to our podcast show. Uh, We know it's the holiday season, so everyone is shopping and getting ready to cook and go out to dinner and enjoy your family and, and have all sorts of fun and wishing everybody a safe and wonderful holiday season. But uh, I wanted to talk about a topic that, and it seems kind of incongruent uh, with the uh, the season and time of the year uh, being just a couple of days out from Christmas. But I thought it was a good time to have this particular podcast episode. And we're going to talk about aliens and we're going to talk about extraterrestrial uh, beings or forms or life force. I mean, is any of this stuff true? Now, look, before we get into it for real, for real, as the kids say, let's, let's start with some ground rules here. Okay. Number one, this discussion or this episode is not going to assume that you are an unbeliever. Okay. I'm going to assume just the opposite, that you are a believer. And when I say a believer, I'm assuming that you have some level of Christian belief, godly belief, um, some level of that, because I'm going to tell you to have this type of episode for a person who may be atheist, I would even say maybe atheist more so than agnostic, uh, they might just find the whole thing preposterous, which I really don't care, but it's just the idea. I'm going to assume that, you know, you guys are believers. However, I have heard of atheist people who uh, do believe in aliens, which that, that kind of always really fascinate me. Um, because I find it strange that a person could believe that there is no God, but then yet can believe there's alien life form. Uh, I don't know how a person could square those two uh, thoughts, those two schools of thought, uh, because it's so much easier to believe that there is a God uh, seated on a throne in heaven than to believe that there is not a God seated on a throne in heaven. But there's, you know, aliens who want to come and sing songs to you in the middle of the night. We are not alone. I mean, it, you know, do, 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 do. To me, it's like, okay, you can believe that, but you don't want to believe there's a God on high. Well, Okay, so, so for the ground rules, I'm going to assume you guys out there believe that there is not only a God, there is the God. And I'm going to assume that you guys believe that the Bible is the bottom line authority. And the reason why I want to assume that, I know many of our our listeners are uh, not necessarily Christian. And on other episodes and, and interviews, I, I speak to that. I understand that we have a cross-section of audience. And I thank you guys because we seem to be growing. Uh, we seem to be growing. And I'm really ecstatic and excited about that. And without your support, we couldn't do it. So just want to thank everyone for that. But on this particular discussion, I really more or less want to come to the discussion where a person is a believer. And the reason why is because what I find on the believer side of things, I find there's a lot of believers who, who don't believe in aliens. They don't believe in alien life form. Uh, they don't believe that there's any extraterrestrial ET beings out there, right? They don't believe there's, you know, there's no close encounters of the third kind. Now, I know what some of you guys want to know. Well, then what, Pat, do you believe, right? 
I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be very forthright. I do believe that there is otherworldly beings, but I don't believe it is what the Hollywood movies showing us, these bulged-eyed, uh, wrinkly, old-skin-looking creatures riding in a bike with, you know, hoods on their head with a bunch of kids. I don't believe it's that. I don't believe it's, you know, like I said, the close encounter of the third kind where, you know, these things are all skinny with these lemon heads, you know. I, I, I don't believe that. However, I do believe, and, and I know here's the deal. Some of you guys may say, well, listen, I've, I've had alien experiences and that's just how they look. Listen, I'm not going to discount your experiences if you've had those experiences. Because I'm going to get into some real deep stuff of uh, some <laughs> visitations that I have had. And I know I've never been a person to ever do drugs. As far as I know, and the last time I checked, I think I'm a pretty sane <laughs> and rational person. But I guess you know, that that's, you know, it's probably in the eye of the beholder and up for debate. Uh, but so I'm not here to knock anybody's visitation or visual experiences. Um, but I believe several things about it. And so that's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. You know, are aliens, are aliens and extraterrestrial beings and forms, are these things real? Is this stuff real? And if it is, where do we go from here with that? And then I want to look at what does the Bible say about it? You know, because I think that sometimes people say, well, you know, the Bible doesn't really deal with it, but I believe that the Bible does deal with it. And I think there's several, several, uh, scriptures in the Bible that touches upon it. So let's get right on into it. Cause we've got a lot of show to cover tonight and I don't want to be the one to not get on down to the get down as they say. So guys, let me just kind of here, want to get right into this one particular scripture uh, that many of you may be familiar with. It's actually Genesis uh, chapter six, verses one through four. So I'll pick it up from there. And I'm actually reading from the King James Version. And that's important for you guys to notate that I'm reading from King James Version. And you'll know why in a moment. So Genesis chapter six, verse one starts out and it says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. Now keep in mind, this is after the, you know, the, the fall after Adam and Eve, the original sin, this is after everything already went down, uh, in the, uh, in the garden of Eden and they've been cast out. So this is, this is picking up from there. So verse two, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and that, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with men for that. He also is flesh yet. His days shall be numbered a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bear children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. 
Now let's 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 kind of let's kind of I mean unpack this thing. Okay, so let's let's pick it up from verse two. Um, and the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. Well, let's stop there. What, what do they mean? The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. Well, now listen. If you guys jump over into the book of Job, and I'm no Bible scholar, but I know this is in the book of Job. Uh, we find out that uh, Satan a.k.a. Lucifer, the fallen, we find out that he appears and we see that terminology there among the sons of God. And and, and we find out at that point, as we're getting the detailing of what's going to happen with Job, the Lord's servant, we find out that Lucifer uh, have appeared uh, in heaven. And God looks at him and says, well, what are you doing? huh? What, What you been up to lately? What's good? As the kids say, what's good, homie? No, you're not that God said this, but you know, and it's kind of one of those kind of beginnings of a discussion. And you know, the devil says, Well, you know, hey, I've just been running to and fro on the earth, you know, just kind of chilly, chill. And God says, Well, have you considered my servant Job? So from there, we find out that the whole thing is about to go down with Job. But what you find striking is that term, the sons of God, that it says that Satan, the devil, he appeared amongst the sons of God. So here we have to understand and piece it together that we understand that the sons of God, that term being used here in verse two, it has to mean what it meant in the book of Job. These are not talking about human sons. You know, when we say, oh, that brother, he's a man of God. He's a child of God. He's a son of God. It's not referring to that type of son of God. It's referring to angels to angelic beings. And so we understand that angelic beings are considered in the Bible and by God that the sons of God are, that angels are considered also the sons of God. So not just the humanity uh, part of his creation, which would be you and I, sons and daughters of God, and then not just his son, his only begotten son, which is the son of God, but then there's angelic beings, which are also considered sons of God. So when you look at verse two and you're putting it within that context, now you see that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with men for that. He also is flesh yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, this is a very troubling passage um, between verses two and three, because what it's saying here is that these angelic beings somehow, and you know, you gotta, you guys gotta remember something too. There's a, um, if you want to call it, um, uh, a book that is works somewhat compatible with the Bible. And, and people say that some of these books were uh, extrapolated from the Bible uh, because they weren't accepted by uh, the, the, uh, the Roman Catholic Church. And this is, and, and then if they were, they weren't accepted by King James who later extrapolated. But this book is called the Apocrypha and there's uh, additional books that are uh, included in that. And uh, one of the books I know it, it deals with the watchers. And, uh, and so again, you're getting into different terminology, but basically we have to understand what are angelic beings? Well, angel- un- angelic beings, according to the Bible are watchers. And we find this out later on when we read about Jacob in his life. And there's, you know, Jacob has a dream about, you know, the angels going back and forth between the earth and between heaven and earth. And then Jacob's angel actually shows up and he gets into a little bit of a tussle with him. So we've seen throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, 
And even in these additional books, the Apocrypha, right? And again, I don't want to get into the debate of are those books legit? Are those books illegit? It's just the idea though, that I think that if you look across the board, angelic beings are, are considered watchers, watchers of humanity, watchers of men, uh, watchers of God's creation uh, on the earth. And then that would make sense for verse two, when it tells us the sons of God, which now we can qualify that as being angels, the angelic beings saw the daughters. Well, they're watching. They're the watchers saw the daughters of men that they were fair. I mean, there's even an old gospel song (laughs) that, you know, it says that angels are watching over me, right? So it looks as if these angels were a little bit rogue and a little bit renegade here where, I mean, they start digging chicks. I mean, they just, you know, start checking out, uh, you know, these, these girls and what's so, what's so, um, unnerving about that is that we read in the New Testament, we read in the Gospels, where, you know, even, you know, the disciples and the people of the Lord's time, they had some questions about sex and marriage and sexuality. And one of the questions, and actually I believe this may have been, um, if, if my memory holds up right, guys, some of you guys are biblical scholars out there, you can comment and write to me and, and let me know if I'm wrong. But I believe it was the Sadducees who put a question, uh, to Jesus. And I believe that they did not believe in the resurrection and they put the question to Jesus and they said, well, listen, okay, Jesus, since you're such a smarty pants, you're such a smarty guy, then tell us, okay, here's a scenario for you. Here's a dude. He marries this chick. Okay. The guy dies, but he's got like seven more brothers in tow and all of these dudes marry this girl. And then eventually the last brother die and she died. Well, tell us, oh Lord, in the resurrection, whose wife, whose honey is she going to be? And they were doing that to be, you know, to smart off with the Lord Jesus Christ. They were doing that to be Weisenheimer, right? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection anyway. And the, the point of it was Jesus said, well, listen, you know, you guys are idiots. I mean, he didn't call them idiots, but in a way he did. I mean, he, yeah, he did. I mean, in so many words and guys, I'm paraphrasing. I know some of you guys are like, oh, well, Jesus would never call anybody an idiot. Well, you guys better read the Bible because he, he, he threw down on a lot of names uh, that weren't so politically correct, even in his time. So, you know, just give you the heads up on that. But anyway, ultimately he says, listen, here's how that goes in the resurrection. Okay. There's neither marriage and there's no given in marriage. Okay. So you guys don't even understand what you're talking about. He says, but you will be known as you were known. So basically this in the scenario that they painted, and if you're looking under Hebrew law, ancient Hebrew law, if, if the eldest, if the man had a wife and he died before he would uh, be able to procreate uh, a child with his wife, then it was under the Hebrew law that it was the brother or the surviving brother or surviving brothers, their duty to step in and marry that woman. Now, you know, today we would look at that as like, oh my God, that's outrageous. But again, and we can get into this at further length. Society was not like how it is now.
You can't look at sound bites in the Bible. You can't take nibbles and bits of the Bible. You have to really kind of read it. You kind of have to read above, below, and 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 all around it, and side and back and forth. You got to read it. You got to read Old Testament. You got to read New Testament. And you got to look at the whole context of how a term or what a word is being used within that context. But as we can see in this context, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, and then very specifically uh, in verse 2, the sons of God here are referring to angelic beings as we later see that 
also uh, in the book of Job. We also understand that when it says, and they saw the daughters of men, we also understand that angels, right? We see that in, in Jacob's story. We see that throughout the Bible that angels are watchers. So they see. We also understand that, you know, in the New Testament, angels, angelic beings are not given are not given sexual organs and sexual genitalia. So then if we come to that premise, then we read on here back in Genesis chapter two, then we, we become completely unnerved at this prospect. It says the sons of God, angelic beings saw, we know the saw means they're watching, they're watchers, saw the daughters of men that they, I'm sorry, saw, saw the daughters of men that they were fair. We know that the term fair means beautiful. When someone says, listen, she, she was a fair woman. It doesn't talk, you know, that term fair now is taken on different, you know, context in, in, the, the, in the English lexicon. But we know that fair, okay, even today, if you say someone was fair, it doesn't mean that they were just a, equal, a, a, a person with egalitarianism and, and kind and, and just. And it doesn't mean in the black culture where we say someone was fair, we're usually talking about they were light skin uh, or of a lighter tone of uh, melanin. It doesn't mean that. It means fair means beautiful. And that's the original term of that. So we see that the angelic beings, the watchers, saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful. These were some nice looking chicks. They were pleasant to look at. Fine. And it says, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now someone can say, wait, 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 wait. How can an angel bust a move and make a woman his wife? All right, now let's get down to verse three. And then we're going to get into it. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now this is deep. This is deep. And somebody will say, okay, well, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. How does it go from that to that? This is why you've got to really, man, guys. Okay. So let's, let's parse, let's parse this one out. Let's unpack it too. So here in verse three, we see where it says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with men. Now you got to think about that. You know, if you look at the human creation and if you believe in the Bible and you believe creationalism, which I do, my hand to Jesus, right hand lifted. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe that. Don't come telling me about nothing with no evolution. Don't come telling me nothing crazy about that because I don't believe it. Okay. You guys are out there. Those you guys who believe it, knock yourselves out. I'm not going to tell you you can't. Don't tell me I can't believe creationism and we'll agree to disagree and we can rock on and, and have a great time. But uh-uh. so let's look at this. It says, my spirit should not always strive with man. Well, now you guys got to think about something. When God created man, if you trust the Bible to be true, then you have to understand that man is what you would call a tripod being. Okay. What does that mean? That humanity is in three parts. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. But what did the Bible say in the book of Genesis, just a few chapters before this? It says that God breathed into Adam the breath of life, the spirit, right? And it even says in the New Testament, and Jesus gave up the ghost, right? Now, I don't know if you guys ever seen someone pass, uh, but I have, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a friendly moment in, in life to see a, another um, fellow human being to pass away. But one thing that you see in that, you see that oh, 
it's that final and they release it, man. I mean, it's, it's real freaky. I mean, y'all, those of you all who know, y'all probably shaking your head like, yep, yep. (laughs) That's a woo. I mean, it's enough to make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. But I always think about that scripture where it talks about how God breathed into man the breath of life and how Jesus, and it says in Jesus, when he was on the cross, he, he gave up the ghost, right? So it's talking about how man is a spirit because God says, my spirit will not always strive with men. And it's saying that my spirit is not always going to, you know, involve itself with humanity. Because here's what he's saying. He says, listen, for that he also is flesh. Now, anytime you're using that term also, it means you're tying in two things, right? There you have it. So man is spirit, but he is also flesh. It says, yet his day shall be an hundred and twenty years. Now, Here's the thing. If you guys notice, people are starting to live long. I mean, now, you know, I, listen, when I was a kid, it was rare. Even growing up in the 70s and the 80s, it was rare to see somebody, honestly, even back then, that lived to be 80, 90. And what I noticed, now I'm 45 years old, okay, I'm a middle-aged chick myself, I noticed that, man, people are living longer. It's like, it's almost like, almost expected, unless something just very terrible comes to a person, like a disease or an accident or something, of, or, or God forbid, something even more nefarious, like, you know, murder or, or death in, in an in a egregious kind of way. But if, if a person can kind of escape those three things, you pretty much can say, whoa, a person can easily live to be 80, 90, even 100. I mean, there's a lot of people now that you're starting to see that's even going over the 100 mark or getting very close to the 100 mark, which is a blessing. I think that's awesome. My great-grandfather lived to be almost 100. I've got a family friend uh, who lived to be a hundred. So people are living long and that, that's a great thing. But if you can see, there's that limit, you know, that's in there. I'm gonna cap it at 120, but then we can get into some other parts in the scripture where we hear about, you know, guys like, um, uh, gosh, I think is, is it Methuselah, uh, Methuselah, you know, who lived to be so many years and guys like, that's it. I, I got to cut it short. So anyway, we, 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 we get into that, but now, Here's what we notice. It seems as if we don't seem to get where these guys, these angelic beings somehow became sexual beings. Well, let's look at something that the Bible makes clear. This is why you, like I said, you kind of got to read the whole thing. You got to really read from Genesis to Revelations, guys. I mean, you do. I'm not saying it's an easy task. I'm not saying you have to do it in a year. I I mean, people say, oh, it's New Year's resolution. I'm going to read the whole Bible of the scripture a day. 300. But listen, God bless you. If if the Lord put that on your heart, great. You know, but in time, you should read it. Okay. Can I say I've read the whole Bible? I would say, yeah. In my overall time of reading, yes, I've read the whole Bible. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of refreshing course that I need to take, a refreshers course. So anyway, but... If you look at the Bible in its totality, right, and you look at what it says about angels, we know that angels can appear as what? As men. They can appear with flesh. They can appear as real life human beings. We see that many times in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. We see that. So we see that angels have the ability Uh, and the capability to be able to switch from a spiritual 
kind of uh, image or spiritual being and, and put on a fleshly being, right? So they have that capability. And we see that throughout the Bible. So you, you, you'd have to make the, the safe deduction. And I don't want to say assumption. I want to say deduction. You'd have to deduce safely that these watchers, that these angelic beings obviously had to bust a move to be able to take on human flesh. Because why? Here we go in verse four. It says there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, there's that term again. So it's talking about angelic beings. It's not talking about your homeboy or or, or your cousin Lou. It's not talking about that. It says when the sons of God, talk about angelic beings, came in unto the daughters of men. Now there's a lot of terms here we need to unpack. All right, let's go back where it says giants. Now, a lot of the later um, revisions, and I shouldn't say revisions, but I, well, yeah, they'll say, well, okay, let's get into it. You may have, you have all these different, you know, you have the King James version and you have the American standard Bible, the ASB and the ASV, which is the American standard you know, version and the, the American, you know, you've got all this kind of stuff, the RSV and, and all this stuff. Okay. Uh, NIV, the new international version. And I hate this because what's happening is, if you guys notice, no one's re- really rewriting the Bible, but what they're doing is they're trying to soup it up. They're using all these other little lexicons to say, okay, you know, if you take, let's say a simple verse like John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Now you've got these versions say, well, God, you know, God cared. Instead of them saying, for God so loved the world, they'll say, oh, well, God, so God greatly cared you know, for the earth that he gave his holy child. Do you guys see what I'm saying? So they're not rewriting the Bible, but they're busting the move where, you know, they're they're putting a lot of spin and, and, you know, spit on the word. They better be careful. But anyway, I, I digress to just say that. But the reason why I wanted to digress and get into that a little bit, because here's what's happening. In verse four, you see, it says where there were giants in the earth. Well, that term giant is a term that's now, and they said, actually it's translatable to the original Hebrew, which is a term called Nephilim or Nephilim. I've heard people pronounce it either way. So that term giant refers to a, a more of a Hebraic term, which goes back to the original Hebrew called Nephilim or Nephilim. Now, let's look at something else. It says that also after that, when the sons of God, we know that means angelic beings, came in unto. Well, now that little little construction of sentence came in unto. We see that throughout the Bible. And he came in unto his wife and he knew his wife or he came in unto her and she conceived. When we see, you know, that term came in unto, that means they had sex. People weren't using the term sex or they had, you know, intercourse or coitus or, you know, it wasn't using any of that back then. It just just came in unto. So when you see that, you have to know at that point, that's referring to sexual intercourse. So what it's letting us know in verse four here, that the giants, the Nephilim in the earth in those days also, now look what it says. It says, and also after that. So that means this kicked off a generation, right, of these giants 
It says that were being born. It says, and where were they born? When the sons of God, these angelic beings, came in unto the daughters of men, and they bear children to them. So these women were bearing these guys' children, right? Now, and I hate to be, because this is gonna have to be a two-part series. Because I mean, we're we're wrapping up so much to cover. Listen, I've even heard people say, well, how is it possible that a giant could have sex? I mean, you'd have to assume that his member, his organ, his genitalia would be too huge to fit the average woman's, you know, vagina, her area. Well, listen, this is why I say you have to think about it. Clearly, these angelic beings had to take on the physicality of normal men. Because guess what? If they took on the physicality of normal men, right? And and normal genitalia of flesh, then that would allow those men to be able to have children with these women. And these women are giving birth to the babies and these babies are growing up and they won't stop growing. It's like this kid grows up to seven feet, eight feet, 10 feet, 15, 20 feet. These kids just keep growing. Now, what happens there? Well, we know as, as children are being born, you know, People, we give birth to both male and female children. So were there female giants in the earth? You better believe it. It wasn't that just only male seed came out as just giants, you know, and we find out more about that too, even in David, right? When we read about King David, later King David, but he was a child when he battled it out with the most famous Nephilim of all time, the most famous giant, which was who? Goliath. So we knew that Goliath was this big, tall dude, wait, maybe about 15 feet tall, maybe 10 to 15 feet tall. So scholars believe. So you best believe, you know, he may have had a sister somewhere, you know. So giants were being born of both genders. So then that would make sense. So a male giant could make baby with a female giant and these kids were going to be extra tall, right? So there you have it. So we're, we're getting a lesson also in genetics. But let's go ahead and wrap this up with verse four. Then we'll get more into our discussion. It says, so when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, that means had sexual intercourse with them and they bear to them, these women conceived and bear unto these angelic beings, children. And it says also after that. So that means this became generational. After that, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. End quote. So now when you look at that, and there's a scripture in Daniel, Daniel chapter two, I believe. And we'll get into that in a little bit later. So when we parse this together and we see like, okay, there's another race going on down here. And I'm not talking about white, black, Puerto Rican, Chinese. Every time I think about that, it kind of reminds me of that song by Missy Elliott, where she was like, boys, boys, all types of boys, black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese boys. Okay. Some of you guys know what that is, but we're not talking about what Missy was talking about. Okay. We're not talking about the difference of quote unquote race. And we'll do an episode on that. You know, is race real? We'll get in all that, but let's just go with what we've got right now at the table when it's talking about, you know, that these men became men of great renown, they became mighty men. It's what it's letting you know, the Bible's letting you know, not by using the way, the term of race, but it's letting you know by way that there was another generation of creation living among just regular little human beings, right? Just regular little frail human beings. So now you've got what they call a master race, a super race. 
And so sorry, Hitler, it wasn't talking about people of Aryan or Germanic descent. Okay. It wasn't talking about color. It wasn't talking about ethnicity. It wasn't dealing with that. It's dealing with that. There is a creation within the creation that has its own generation of something that was not God's handiwork in being done. So when you look at that, now can you see where I'm going with this? Are aliens real? If we look at that, the Bible's telling us, oh yeah, it is. Because alien means something that's foreign. You know, that that's something that's, uh, that's un, well, really, you know, unknown to a certain territory or even unknown to the earth. So we shouldn't be so sidetracked by that term alien. The Bible even says that Christians, that the Lord's believers are aliens in the earth. Now we'll get into that further into discussion, but it doesn't mean that <laughs> the Lord's people are walking around with bulged out eyes, you know, like, Hey, I got living heads and skinny legs. It's not talking about that. It just means that because when the Lord brings you salvation and when he brings you healing and he brings you transformation through the Holy spirit, that you are not like how you were in the flesh. There's a spiritual regeneration going on. And therefore you become not something better than, than, than humanity. You're very much a part of humanity, but the way that you are now carrying yourself is alien. It's foreign, right? That's just another term for that. It's alien. It's foreign to what would be typical. And then we know this further because the Bible even says that the things of God are accounted as foolishness unto the things of the world. And that, that, that people who live according to their own fleshly way, it's impossible for these people to serve God. It's, you, you know, a man who walks according to his flesh, he cannot, he cannot serve God. So the Bible's showing us that distinction, that foreignness, right? And that's the reason why, I mean, if you guys notice, <clears throat> they've changed the term because we live in a very politically correct world now. But, you know, I remember even coming up as a kid in the 78, 70s and the 80s, that term illegal aliens were still the term used for, unfortunately, primarily for those immigrants who were of uh, Mexican descent. But they were, I mean, it was like that song by Genesis, uh, uh, sung by, um, what's their lead singer? Bill Collins. And some of you guys may be old enough to remember it, or if you're not, get your butt over on Google or get your butt over to YouTube and type in this song. Genesis had made a song called Illegal Alien. And the name and the way they sang the hook on that song was it's no fun being an illegal alien. So alien, let's not get too trapped up about that term. So we see that based on what we just read and the very first four verses of Genesis chapter six, that there is something alien, foreign, moving and interwoven and interacting with humanity that God didn't create. So therefore that's something that's foreign and therefore that's something that's alien, right? So do I believe that aliens exist? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Does the Bible back that up? You best believe it. You best believe it. And Genesis right there shows you, but not only just Genesis, let's jump over to the book of Daniel. 
because this is going to blow you guys' socks off here. I believe it's Daniel chapter 2, and I'm hoping I'm right about this, because like I said, guys, I'm no biblical scholar on this, but uh, hopefully I've, I've, I've gotten this right here. Uh, let's go down here, do, 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 uh, cause I'm actually just pulling it up right now. And if you guys have your Bibles, by all means, you know, get over there. Don't take my word for it. Get over there and look at it. That's the way you learn. That's the way you, you become aware of things. Um, let's see here. I believe, yes, uh, Daniel chapter two, um, just trying to find here. Uh, there is a Daniel chapter two, I believe. Yes, it is Daniel chapter two. It's Daniel chapter two, verse 40. Let, let's, let's, let's kind of give a little quick background guys. So this is definitely going to be a part two or coming for this. All right. So let's get, let me give you guys a little quick background. I'm speaking fast because I'm, I'm going to be heading up on my uh, time before I start getting red flagged here, but let's give you some background. Okay. So we all know Daniel was a, a Hebrew boy. He was a Hebrew young man. Uh, God had given him uh, the ability to be, as some people say, they call it a seer. Uh, he was a you know a prophet. He had the ability to prophesy, an ability of dream interpretation. We see dream interpretation also in Joseph later on down the line. Uh, but Daniel and some of his friends, some of his homeboys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, these, these young men, they had the ability to, to see and they were, they were the servants of the Lord. And as we know at that particular time, as we read in the Bible, that uh, Israel at this particular time were under the bondage. God's people were under the bondage of Babylon. And Babylon at this time was headed up by King Nebuchadnezzar. So we could see that here. And so while they were in bondage under Babylonian rule and under Babylonian um uh, just enslavement. There's not a better word you can use than that. Uh, the King Nebuchadnezzar had a very strange and messed up dream. And the dream that he had, he had a dream of this, this statue of this image, right? And the, the head was, uh, gold and the chest was silver. And then the, the tummy and the, the legs and thighs were, um, I, they were like brass and then the legs get down and they were like iron. And then when it gets down to the toes, the toes were like iron and feet were kind of like, you know, to- clay and the toes were iron and clay mixed together. So you begin to see this decline, like at the top of this image, the head was gold. I mean, it doesn't get any purer than gold. Then it wanes a little bit to silver. And then we move further down the body. It's going into brass, it's going into iron, it's going into clay and iron mixed with clay on the toes. And so when King Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, of course, he was troubled. He reached out to people in his court and in his kingdom and said, listen, y'all, I had a messed up dream. Hey, 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 what's good? You know, can somebody tell me what's going on? And Daniel, he prayed, being a child of God, he prayed and said, okay, listen. And the Lord gave him the interpretation. So what we find now in Daniel chapter two, uh, we were getting the whole background on this. And we also discover uh, that Daniel is giving uh, King Nebuchadnezzar not just a breakdown of what that 
image represent of things as they were at that time, as things were before that time, but as things were starting with Nebuchadnezzar and things to come. So it was a very prophetic dream and Dave, I'm sorry, and Daniel was able to bring that revelation and interpretation to King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, what's so unique about this and how this ties into what we were talking about with aliens is this. If you go over into Daniel chapter two, let's pick it up with verse 41. And it says, whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Now, Daniel is talking about a later kingdom. He's talking about a kingdom that's yet to come. That's gonna, that's gonna, that has not yet arrived at his time. So, and we get to see this in other places in, in other chapters in Daniel, but let's just focus on this one for now. It says, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron for as much as you saw the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Verse 43, and whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves. Now, this is very key, guys. I need you guys to key in on this. And they, I'm going to say it very slow, and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, this is talking about an end time kingdom that was to come. And then we, ver- I just want to give you guys one more heads up. If you look at verse 45, Daniel goes on to say, I'm sorry, verse 44, Daniel goes on to say, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. So that's how we know in Bible prophecy and in the prophetic that Daniel is referring, when he's referring to those little toes that are mixed with miry clay and iron, and we understand that that's the end. Because think about it, if you look at a human body from head to toe, right? The toes, that's it. You know, if you work your way down the body, the toes, that's it. Once you get to the toes, <laughs> there ain't nothing left. So this is so powerful, y'all. I'm, I mean, it's giving me chills. I hope you guys are enjoying it, that it's giving you guys chills, because it's giving me chills, man. So listen, let, let, let's, 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 let's parse this. Let's attack this step by step. So let, let's go to this verse here, because this is a very controversial verse in Daniel chapter 2, verse 43. And it says, whereas they sawest iron, thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now you've got a lot of idiots and I do say idiots. You've got a lot of idiots out there guys that have taken the scripture. Verse 43 in Daniel chapter two says, see, up oh, there you go. Whoop. There it is. There it is. God don't like race mixing. He don't like that. That's why white guys shouldn't marry a black girl. Black guys shouldn't marry a Chinese girl. Chinese guys shouldn't marry a Spanish girl. Spanish girls shouldn't marry an Italian boy. I mean, it, it gets ridiculous. Yeah, it gets ridiculous because you get a bunch of idiots. They look into this verse and the only thing that stands out to these clowns is when it says in verse 43, 
but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So they're saying, okay, see, people are mingling and, and they're trying to mix and it's not going to work. I mean, you even have some, I mean, listen, you've got people in every group who have unfortunately and ignorantly have assigned this verse as some type of pinpoint to say, see, there it is. God, the, the God of the Bible, he's, he's, he's a, he's a race hater. He's a race baiter. He don't like, he don't like black people and white people. He doesn't want that black boy to have a German girlfriend. I mean, it's retarded. Okay. It's totally retarded. And one reason why it's retarded, because you guys have got to catch the mystery of scripture. I'm going to go back and read this. And I want you guys to hang on to every word here. And verse 43, it says, And whereas thou sawest iron, I want you guys to focus in on that iron mixed with miry clay. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, guys, let let me just take that right there in of itself. When the Bible refers to Adam... And it refers to his creation, his original creation. Haven't you guys noticed that he always refers to Adam as clay? He took Adam from the dust. He said, Adam, from the dust you were made, and to the dust you shall return. And and he refers to himself as the potter, right? He says, hey, listen, I'm the potter, thou art the clay, you know? Who are who? Who art thou, O clay, that you should tell the potter what to do? I make vessels of honor. I make vessels of destruction. Now these are different verses that I'm referring to in Scripture. But if you notice something, the Bible is so perfect. I know you guys have been taught, oh, the Bible sucks. Oh, they didn't have a J until 500 years ago. You know what? Fooey on that. Okay. Get out of the nonsense, get into the groove. Because, man, this book is tight. It's so tight, it's tizzite. I'm going ghetto with him, and it's tizzite. For real, y'all, for rizzle. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? Here's the deal. Here's why it's so tight. If you look at the Bible explanation of man, it always refers to man as clay, as dirt, as dust. (laughs) Hey, guys, sorry, that's just where we come from, right? But look at what it says here in Daniel. You guys have got to understand when the Bible is saying certain things, it's not just saying it to be saying something. It ties back into something else. So look what it says in verse 43 in the book of Daniel. And Daniel's dealing with that end time kingdom because once you get to the toes, that's it. So he's saying that that last kingdom would be mixed with iron and with miry clay. Who is miry clay? What is miry clay? Well, according to the Bible, and we see it throughout, anytime you're referring to miry clay in terms of creation, right? Clay, dust, dirt, clay, formed, potter. When you're seeing that, you know that it's referring to what? It's referring to humanity. It's referring to God's original creation. It's referring to mankind. But look what it says. It says that you have this iron and it says, and even as this iron does not mix with clay, think about it. If I take a piece of iron and I try to mix clay on top of it, the clay slips off. It looks real dumb. I mean, you can't mix iron and clay. 
But look what it also says. It says, and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. So this is how you know he's not, the Bible is not referring to what we call race mixing amongst the, the, um, the ethnic groups and the, uh, cultural groups. This is how you, uh, this is how you know he's not referring to that because you know what? A black guy is still the seed of man. He still has his seed. A white guy is still the seed of man. A Hispanic Latino guy, he's the seed of man. An interracial biracial guy, he's still got seed. He's still the seed of man. An Indian, a Chinaman, an Arab, African, all these guys, a Negro, all these guys still have seed. They're all still the seed of man, the seed of mankind. So God's not dealing with, oh, hey, I don't want this black dude marrying Maritza. He's not dealing with that because look at what it says. And they, now let me stop right here, guys, and tell you something. Listen, some of you guys may remember, I'm I'm old school. I'm getting older, older school by the day. I remember back when I was a kid, this was back in the 80s, and I believe it may have been 84-ish, around 84, there was a TV show called They, T-H-E-Y, They. There was nothing else to it. It was called They. And this show called They, this series, it absolutely was dealing with 100% alien extra extraterrestrial life form and it was called they and so when you even read in the bible here right and you look in the book of daniel verse 43 it says and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men so that lets you know this ain't talking about another human being because ladies as women we are of the seed of men i'm my father's seed now i don't produce seed but I am my father's produced seed. So even a woman is considered part of the seed of men. Why? Because I came from my dad's seed. If you're a girl, a female out there, you came from your dad's seed. And you get your own guy. Hopefully you better be your husband, y'all. Come on, ladies, let's let's get to some dignity. One day you're going to fall in love with that guy and he's going to put his seed in you so you can produce his seed. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. The seed thing is real. Okay, so look what Daniel says. And they, I'm stuck on it because I want you guys to get stuck on it. And they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. But, look what it says. Even as iron and clay cannot mix, neither shall they be able to cleave one to another. So what's happening here? There is then some other life form, some other they that's mingling. Now think about what is happening here. It's then these things are this 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 other they is going to be interacting. I ain't talking about mingling where we're having cocktail drinks at a after five get together after work. No, 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 no. This mingling is talking about sexual relations. But it says, even as they, iron, cannot mix, what it says, cannot mix with clay, 
Neither shall they be able to cleave one to another. Now let's talk about cleaving. We hear what Jesus says in book of Matthew, Matthew 19. He says, hey, have you guys not heard from the beginning? God created them male and female. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave, cleave to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So what is what does that say there? Jesus is letting us know when a guy marries a nice young lady. And then nice young lady marries this guy. What's going to happen to them? They're going to consummate that marriage. They're going to make love. They're going to have sex. Those two bodies are going to merge. Those two bodies are going to produce. Guess why? He's got the seed. She's got the womb. That's going to come together. And guess what? They'll be able to cleave. The two shall be one. Look at what Daniel's telling us. There's another they. What is Genesis telling us? There's another they. And it ain't us as human beings. So guys, I'm going to stop right there. I'm getting the red flag. I'll be back for part two. We're talking about aliens. Are they real extraterrestrial life form? Are they real? Is this stuff real? All right, guys, listen, thank you so much for tuning in today's podcast episode. Again, guys, we are growing. I'm so grateful to you guys. Listen, Please share, like, go to Facebook, go to Bold Talk, Facebook slash Bold Talk. You don't have to add the radio there. Just slash Bold Talk, Facebook, like us there, share us, love us, leave us comments, leave us questions. Yeah, leave us concerns. You know, you guys got a problem with it? Leave us that. It doesn't have to all be sunshine and rainbows. You can kind of tear tear my head off a little bit, but I want to get your feedback. And listen, if you have a product, if you have a business, if you have an event, anything that you'd like to get a plug, we can either give you a plug, or if you have something that you'd like to maybe be a guest on the show, or if you know someone that you think would be a good fit to being a guest on the show, please comment there on our page on Bold Talk on Facebook. We appreciate you guys. And hey, Thank you for listening to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams. And until next time, I'll see you.